Hey fans, thank you for tuning in to this replay of Twitter Spaces USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. This is the second half of the show. If you haven't done so already, be sure to check out the first half with our amazing guest. You can do that and listen to previous shows here on the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live podcast on your favorite podcast player. Now, on to our next guest. Wait, don't go anywhere yet. Uh, what I want to do here is something we haven't done before. Um, our second guest is here, um, and you mentioned something I want to ask him about. Um, USA, <laughs> former USA 7 star and current USA Falcon 7s head coach, Ben Pinkelman. Ben, how are I'm you? good. How are you? Good, man. You sound good. You got on fine? Yeah, no worries. All right. You got one up on Emily. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's no horse bar ben, here. it was painful. No, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. So um, Emily mentioned a dream team that you can bring up against the women's teams, um, I believe. Was that in training, Emily? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so talk about said dream team. What would that um, be? Dream team is my whole reason for existing. Still, actually, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's my favorite part of every single week that we get to do it. <laughs> Until Emily gets mad and yells at me because I didn't go to the right spot or I didn't go down fast, and or you then, kicked, or it I or kicked something. it, and I get, oh, and no. I get really scared. <laughs> All right, that, that works for us. All right, uh, real quick, Emily, uh, bye well. Good luck this weekend. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, cool. Thanks so much for having me. Apologies again about being late, and uh, um, hi, Ben. We'll see you hi, later. Adam. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ben, again, thanks for joining us, man. Um, first of all, welcome back from Fiji. I know um, we'll talk about the, the team's performance here in a second, but how was your trip? You may possibly away from the field. How'd it go? Yeah, it was really good. It was raining the whole time, but it's that nice, warm nope. Fiji rain, so not a big deal. Travel went smoothly. <laughs> we stayed well under budget, so all wins there. There you go. <laughs> Wow, good way to start the season. Yeah. Especially uh, first <laughs> trip for me, like as a coach, so it was fun. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, real quick, uh, listeners, um, if you'd like to come up and ask Ben or uh, Fitzy or myself a question, you can request it in the bottom left where the mic is. Uh, just request it, and we'll get you up here to ask a question. And when you're done asking your question, we're going to remove you back to the bottom again. Uh, you can come up again if you'd like, but uh, we'll just drop you down there for, you know, just to clean things up. Um, but come on up and ask a question. All right, so let's get into it. Um, Coral Coast Sevens, first of all, uh, you know, let's talk about the reception in Fiji, you know, being the only non-Fijian team in a competition. Was there a lot of, let's get those, you know, sons of bitches from America? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I honestly expected a little more. I think it was, I think the Fijians are huh. so confident in their ability that they yeah. um, they don't really have that mindset as much as they have, like, they just know they kind of, can do it like they're capable of beating anyone and their club teams are capable mm -hmm. and they were more just like yeah. about showing us a good time i think and like so respectful and like just happy we were, like grateful that we were there and we're uh at their tournament to kind of promote right. it and their game and i think it was more that attitude and not as much as i was kind of expecting of the let's beat those guys like i don't think maybe in the game <laughs> there was some of that but all the stuff around the hotel and around there was really pleasant Nice. Now, how tough was the tournament itself? Because I did read something that really made me laugh out loud. It said uh, the only two red cards in the men's competition went to the police and the wardens, you know, corrections officers. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw him square up for that fight. <laughs> um, no, the competition is – that's a really good tournament. Like, that's a tournament that we need to be targeting um, more often. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little different because they obviously play kind of their one style, the Fijian style, which is different than most of the styles of sevens around the world. But the level of play is phenomenal. It's 
phenomenal. Like the physicality's there, the speed's there. It's uh yeah, like the um the under twenties competition was impressive the women's competition was impressive and the men's competition was brutal like when i was watching the final between uh fire and army those two teams in our pool i genuinely thought that those two teams could make quarterfinals on the world series maybe not every time but like they could compete on the world series and i've gone to other tournaments like rugby town uh, where i'm like you know this competition is just like um it's healthily below kind of the level we need Well, Ben, you uh, let's talk about the squad that you brought out there. Um, you know, consists, I guess, primarily of you know, younger prospects that are they're coming up through the pipeline. I mean, you guys went three and three. Um, what were what were some of the outside of things you mentioned? What were some of the, the biggest takeaways that you saw from the competition, or maybe from this group of players? Ben, you there? <laughs> He's, he doesn't want to answer that question currently. <laughs> <laughs> You know what we're gonna do? I'm gonna actually I'm gonna call up someone else as we try to get Ben back and see if we can get up get him up here to speak for a second. Since he's here and until we get Ben back, uh, he's probably sitting there listening to us and he's he's talking about nothing going on. We got Lance from Great American Rugby. Uh, Lance, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? Good man. How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, man. I I tell you what, I, I I check out your stuff, man. I like I like it, man. You having fun with that? Yeah, it's just a good time, man. Rugby is a beautiful game. Let's share it. Let's enjoy it. Let's not be so serious about it all the time, you know. Love it. Love it. No, I know we, we get wicked serious in this show. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do understand. Uh, we we were setting this thing up, and I wasn't able to listen to it. But I do understand you and Ben talked earlier about this. Uh, possibly a challenge uh, between his team and your team. Well, well, that's the thing. It's not a team. It's just an idea and concept that Mike Friday respectfully enough acknowledged his existence and Ben did it. Can you hear me now? And Ben... Yes, yes. And Ben's done a good job of... He he asked me a few questions to let me know. Hey, hey, Ben. (laughs) This is Lance. (laughs) I'm following you everywhere, Ben. (laughs) I'm following you everywhere. (laughs) But Ben did a good job of kind of, he he asked a couple questions of me earlier in the day that really uh, let me know that to Ben, this isn't Lance playing around on Great American Rugby stories and having fun. To Ben, this is borderline, if not disrespectful. So it was actually good to have a conversation (laughs) with him about it. So, <laughs> fill, fill us in on what you guys are talking about. Some of us may be in the dark about what you guys are talking about. Is there a competition? Maybe a, a, well, some games going on? According to Ben, there isn't a competition. But essentially, <laughs> essentially <laughs> there's a, a group of gentlemen that I've interviewed on Great American Rugby at one point. And um, I made a joke like, they're the best team ever assembled. They will beat anybody. No one can beat us. And Mike Friday was like, man, we'll beat y'all. So that turned into <laughs> me being a jerk, right? I'm having fun. I say something back, and it just it's just a snowball down the hill. And Ben basically was saying, we will the USA team will beat whatever team you can assemble by 50. He believed it. He believes it wholeheartedly, so I have to believe it wholeheartedly just as well. And um, it, it really is. A, can we make this happen? Uh, I hope so. That's I'm the goal. doing everything I can. That's the goal. But he, he definitely let me know that it's a scale to this. Like, it's levels. And, you know, respect yeah. to Ben. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah. Ben, what, come on, yeah. Ben. Come on. What do you have to say about this? Um, I think it's not a bad idea, right? Like, I think that's a great, hey. actually, starting point. Because sometimes when we're trying to pick players, it's hard go into these competitions where the competition, like I was just talking about with Fiji, like it may not be as high. Mm-hmm. And so 
there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with because we're already scrimmaging rhinos as part of our prep. That's like Rhino Academy, which is a great full time program. Mm-hmm. Um, and if another team wanted to come in, like long term, I think it would be great if we could get if national like the team that won club nationals had enough funding to come out to do a preparation tournament or an all-star team if someone wanted to fund that because the best competition we can get is is great and it also gets us more opportunities to watch people versus the best players so from a coach perspective i think it's an awesome idea like in my new role coaching scouting i think it's what we need to do to get as many eyes as we can as much competition as we can and to keep pushing ourselves forward Ben, um, would you uh, would you be open to streaming it if people wanted to watch? Uh, I told uh, Lance uh, we aren't going to be in charge of any of that because <laughs> we're already struggling with our own budgetary issues. But if someone wants to put forward a stream, I've got no, no. Issue, no but... That's not how you said it. That's not how you said it. <laughs> How'd I say it? He said it in a way it was like, well, if y'all want this this butt whooping to be replayed over and over again, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how much more PC. That's not on me. Fair, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, All right, but then as a player perspective, like that's where I think the the feeling of disrespect comes in, and it's like, yeah, like let's let's do this because I want to beat you all to show you all that we're better <laughs> we're better than you guys, and that's the old player in me just accepting the challenge and kind of. And kind of feeling, I feel yeah. like, disrespect from the American rugby community for years, where when people get um, hurt because they don't get picked or when things don't fall a certain way, like, the blame starts to fall and the community is so close that um, I feel like our t- national teams sometimes don't get the respect I feel like they deserve because mm-hmm. people get bitter. Um, and maybe that's because I made it, right? And maybe that's because I'm on this side of the fence and I'm not on that side of the fence. But that's just how it feels to me that... If, if we're more engaged with the community, maybe we could all do this together. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, Ben. Um, we're actually in a unique place as far as US, is, rugby goes in the United States. You know, I started playing many years ago. When you started playing, there wasn't this access to you guys. You know, there wasn't this, you know, because uh, of social media and everything else. We didn't see that there weren't all these opportunities for the USA players. Hell, people didn't even know there were USA teams for a while there. So I think I, I think it's a testament that the game is growing a lot in this country, that we're able to have this jar and go back and forth with you and Lance and, you know, Mike Friday saying, yeah, yeah, bring it. Let's see what you, we really want to show you guys how good uh, a USA side can be or, or what level of a rugby team that is, um, you know, whether it's tongue in cheek or not. I mean, yeah, yeah, you guys think you can play, but come on, it's, it takes a lot more to get to that level of, you know, you know professionalship, right? Every day. Yeah. Yeah, the professionalism and and I mean it's just the talent too. I mean I think Coop said it on Lance's podcast or on Lance's Instagram live, but it's like mm-hmm. we did come through it. Like we did go through the I went through the high school, college, D one, D two. And now it's perceived as we're looking down on all the people that didn't make it and aren't there. Um, because we think we could smoke them. But in reality, I think it's because we did go through that and then we got here and we got so humbled and we realized how much growing we had to do and how much progress we've taken. And then we can look back on it and be like, oh, like I really wasn't nearly what I thought I was when I was coming up and through those levels. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, Lance, uh, thanks for coming up here. Thanks for coming in and talking. We're going to go back to our boring questions. No problem. But <laughs> but before before I leave though, I will yeah. say I would like to say um, Ben did a good job 
not only defending, but holding up what the standard of playing for the USA is as mm-hmm. a player and also in these conversations we have. So I do appreciate that. And thank you guys for letting me be on. I love your show. We'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks, Lance. Cheers. Later, Lance. All right. So we th- we did that. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was listening to that quite a bit. I was watching and, uh, you know, it's uh, he's got a good thing going on. I love his, the, the passion uh, for people to do it and, and not just do it once or twice, but keep doing it. But uh, yeah, and speaking totally. of passion, I think what we're going to do is, um, you know, we'd love having the listeners come up and we have our friends from Rugby Pick them up right now for a question. Hey, How's it going, guys? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> First off, I just want to. <laughs> apologize to uh bill and rugby morning i think the last time i hopped on this instagram live i i uh i got emotional i'm not gonna lie we were this is twitter this is twitter uh yeah (laughs) one of these things but we were talking about the eagles failures and i think i went off on a bit of a rant and that just goes to show you how much everybody really cares um yeah so i had to do a lot of soul searching there but i would like to ask uh Mr. Pinkelman, first, I just want to say thank you, Ben, for all the work you do in the grassroots community. I personally know that you've changed the game here in Colorado. And, um, yeah, you do, you just do it because you love to grow the game, not for money or for fame. So thank you for that. Uh, secondly, I just want to follow up with how do you see the professionalization of sevens um, changing the club game? We obviously now have PR coming on doing more events um and then we have the club competition which in itself is almost professionalizing as we see players kind of get more expenses taken off the table for them whether it's match fees whether it's travel fees um you played the club game you played the professional game how do you see these next couple of years going appreciate i'm gonna hang up and listen thanks guys thanks Bichet. rugby pick them um in terms of sevens getting more professional, I think that's overall a good thing. And I think it's going to be a lot about creating connection between the national team and these professional programs. Like, I think we need to work closely with PR sevens and work closely with the, even the club coaches just so they can kind of uh, know what we're seeing and what we're looking for at the international level just to play the game a certain way. Because, I mean, I'll say it bluntly, like I think nationals is a um, pretty low level, pretty low speed of sevens. So I think the more we can get that professionalistic aspect of it and it can kind of grow in that way is a good thing. Um, and then it might hurt the game in a couple ways too. Like I think there's some beautiful things about the club game, like the brotherhood and the humility and the camaraderie. And those are characteristics that you don't want to see leave as money starts to get involved and as the professionalism starts to get involved because uh, in order to make it, on the international series in order for us to go win a gold medal, like we're going to have to be very humble. We're going to have to be very, 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 very hardworking. And that some of those things can be inspired uh, through passion and through the club game more than through money. So I think there's a balance to be had there, but I think overall it'll help the level, the better players we can get in and the better um, coaching and systems that we can get in. And uh, we can create kind of an interconnected system between all these different professional sevens levels. Ben, as we, um, you know, as we as we reflect on what happened at Coral Coast Sevens, going three and three there, uh, can we anticipate more opportunities for the the Falcons to to play in some more of these international competitions? Is that more of a budget question, maybe? Yeah, kind of more of a budget question. I mean, I would sure hope so, right? It's um, right now we have one donor who really is just kind of helping our Falcons program and like our development program, and he kind of came in at the last hour and saved us after COVID, and he's kind of set mm-hmm. up everything I've done with. 
uh, rugby town and with Fiji now. Um, so that's kind of where we're at and we've got a, we've got kind of a plan set up that we hope we can keep going in the future where we'll definitely be able to do like these, these development camps in the summer that build into rugby town because a lot of times where we struggle, as you all know, is like not getting enough time together, not enough touch time. So as long as we can put these camps on before, give these guys a real opportunity to put their hand forward, send them to rugby town. And then in the winter do Fiji. Um, I think that gives us a pretty good platform. We're also looking at doing LA, but in terms of getting other international competitions, of course that would be great, but yeah, kind of comes down to budget. What's, you know, looking at the Falcons, um, you know, is, are we thinking about this as may, maybe like a main source for Mike Friday to pull reserves from? That's how I look at it. I mean, that's definitely kind of, um, what I'm looking at doing. Cause I think it is really hard to make this jump straight to the Eagle mm-hmm. squad. Um, even the guys that are athletic enough to do it, like a Lucas LeCamp, like they still like, I think Lucas would be the first to tell you, like he's out there just trying to breathe a lot of the time and he's able to make up for it with his speed, but just positioning and a lot of things that go on, like he's, he struggles. And so it's nice to have this kind of buffer zone where you can come in, train, go play games. And we want that to be what the Falcons is. Um, and I think because the reason I guess I said all that is because even if you were like a 27 year old coming out of club nationals or 28 year old, like you'd probably come into Falcons first. Yeah. Just to get a taste. And then that'd be your jump up. Cause I think that's kind of how I want to see it looking is like a feeder system. Mm-hmm. And then with that said, I mean, yeah, right now the Falcons were mainly trying to be an under 23 thing because we're pretty close to being set on our 2024 because we look at it in cycles now, obviously the four year cycle. So we're pretty mm-hmm. close to being set on our 2024 roster and we're trying to set up that 2028 base group. So that's kind of what we're trying to build in there. So listen, we're going to go to a listener question here in a second, but real quick, um, I hopefully keep you for another 10 minutes. If you don't mind going a little after the hour, if, if you can, Ben, I'll stay as long uh, as you want. All right. Wait until about midnight. All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm you know, how, yeah. How has your transition to coaching gone? Um, it's gone pretty well. Like I'm learning and growing and taking the bumps and bruises. Like I think anyone would, uh, mm-hmm. I'm learning from good people, but I mean, uh, the hardest part has just been not playing for me. Cause I just, I miss playing so much. So it's more that transition of, I can't do this. And then like it's it's been it's been a lot easier with the guys that I didn't play with. I will say that, mm-hmm. and it's much easier to kind of find my coaching feet and learn who I am as a coach and how I want to be. And it's nice because I started four years ago with a high school program, so I've been able to grow in that way. But then on the national team, like with the Falcons, it's very nice to transition, kind of with a fresh start and be who I want to be as a coach. Um, but yeah. like with some of the guys that I played with, it is a, it is a little tough, and that's probably where I I choke up a little bit and I uh, I step, trip over myself. Well, I, I got another question for you later. And our job in the show is to make sure our guests cry a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm easy. <laughs> All right, hey, let's go to a listener. Hey, Corey. Hey, um, uh, Ben. Just first off, I really enjoyed watching your team play at uh, last Rugby Town. Um, thought you guys had a lot of really dynamic players. Uh, picking, piggybacking off of uh, Bill's earlier question, when the U twenty three Falcons get together, are you guys independent or are you guys training with uh, Mike Friday's team as well? We're training with the main squad, okay. so we're out here in Chula Vista. Um, yeah, doing the whole thing. You- 
are you seeing players that you feel could make that jump, say, in the next year, two years? Yeah, definitely. There's a couple that could make it in the next uh, year, two years, and then there's others that are more long-term projects. Yeah, 100%. First thing first is school for them. Like, that's the most... uh, if we're taking them from college, like most importantly, they have to graduate school and that kind of works into our plans with them. But yeah, I mean, we saw Noah Brown on, on make the circuit. We saw Will make the circuit um, and they're back in school now. But if they work hard, there's no reason they can't continue to make that jump and become consistent. But I mean, they got some heavy competition for 2024. I've been looking back at Fiji um we haven't really talked about a lot of the players specifically yet. Um, who were some of the players that impressed you the most? Most, I mean, I've been keeping an eye on Peter V. He's stand out with the Falcons 15s tour last year. You know, safe to say he's a player to look out for. That was going to be one of the, the first name out of my mouth, actually, is I think he was really impressive. I thought he was very showed just how tough he is and how skilled he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got great speed. So he has all the physical attributes that we need. And that was actually only his second seventh tournament ever. Wow. So he is a raw talent that definitely has a ton of potential. And I think, yeah, he can make that jump quick. And he's with us full time now. So that's great because he'll be in us, uh, in here training a bunch. Yeah, I wanted to go back a little bit. Let's go back to uh, 2019 uh, Rugby World Cup. Then then coach Gary Gold called you up for the to the squad, to the to the Eagles. And uh, you made appearances in three matches for them. Impressive considering, I guess, you hadn't really played 15s for a few years prior to that call up, right? Uh, being on the sevens, how I mean, just how hard was it to make that transition so quickly? Um, it was tough, but it wasn't honestly too tough. I think I had the fitness base that the fitness wasn't a huge issue, and then it was just going back to playing rugby. And I mean, the the harder transition was coming back from fifteens to sevens. I mean, the hardest thing about going to fifteens was probably remembering how to do the lineouts again, like remembering all the calls but then once i knew like the system and stuff it's you're playing in channels and you're playing rugby like we play those mini games here and you're making tackles and you're trying to stay in the system i mean i think i held my own pretty well and i think that transition didn't beat me up too bad it was tough transitioning back from 15s to 7s just because you feel like you're on an island the whole time where 15s you feel a little more protected mm-hmm. yeah so let's 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 jump forward to the, the 2020 olympics or 2021 Right, because of everything that happened there, but you were you were forced to withdraw because of some some back pain. For those who haven't experienced back pain before, just you know how because we heard about an epidural that was put in your back. How excruciating was the pain, and how hard was it for you to to make that decision to say I, I, I can't I can't play here? That's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. That's the only injury that's ever stopped me from playing. So what first happened was in 2018 at the Sevens World Cup is when I first hurt my back. And then it grew and grew and grew. And then I, right when the pandemic hit, I heard it really bad in LA and I got my first surgery right when uh, lockdown started for COVID and then came back, rehab, 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 heard it in the gym like three months before the Olympics. And it it, like never even crossed my mind to not try, but that was the next three months and going into that quest for gold. And the, after that was like, yeah, the most excruciating pain of my life. I slept on a wooden board for three months trying to just get flat, uh, get something flat that wouldn't make me wake up in a ton of pain. I had nerve pain going all down my leg. My foot's still numb, so I still don't have a feeling in the outside of my foot because, uh, yeah, 
And were you still trying to, and you were still trying to like train and play and keep the fitness up during all the back pain. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did through most of it. And then, um, and then in quest for gold, it was just like, it just got too, I actually slipped at training going into quest for gold. Like I slipped and fell under my own will and fell on my left hip. And that just like kind of ended it. Like that was like the last straw, I guess. And so then I played in Quest for Gold and like doing the warm up for my the game I did play against Argentina was the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life. And like I don't know how I did it, but then yeah, just got through it. But then after the game, I could not move, I could not walk for for like at least twenty four hours. And then I tried mm-hmm. to go get the epidural. Oh. And then once I got the epidural, that's when everything actually went numb because I don't think they got the right spot. And so then having to actually pull out was. Yeah, probably the hardest thing I've ever done because it was the last thing I wanted to do. So Ben, you um, you wrote on Instagram recently, kind of an official, finally your official retirement statement, and I'm just going to paraphrase a couple of things from it. Uh, you wrote that the hardest thing to accept has been that I am enough without the game or the flag on my chest as I start to rebuild. Uh, goodbye to my playing career. Time to be happy. On to bigger and better things. Thanks, Liv Lucci, for reminding me I'm enough despite how stubbornly I fought against it. It sounds like retiring has been probably one of the toughest things you ever had to deal with. Uh, talk about how you are dealing or how you were dealing with that uh, with walking away from the game as a player. I mean, I've had to dive back into coaching. That's yeah. been a big part of it because I couldn't walk away from the game completely. But it did. Yeah, I mean, it meant everything to me. Like my rugby saved my life when I was like 14. Like mm-hmm. that's the that was the group I got into kind of the community, you know, like most of us, I think. Um, and I just built everything around that. Like I built everything I did was around the game. Yeah. Like it. And so walking away, especially walking away that way I had to walk away. It like tore me down to a pretty low point. And I think it's all been about just trying to give back, find appreciation for what I can, you know, search for those moments of gratitude and just, uh, keep moving, just keep moving. And I feel like I'm still in that place where I'm just trying to just keep moving and do the best I can for, the American rugby community and see where we can end up. And just one more on that, you know, obviously um, mental health is a serious issue in, in, in the sporting world, especially, um, you know, did you, has it ever come to your mind? Was that ever something you thought about during this time? Mental health? Yeah. Like your mental health specifically. Oh, absolutely. I go to, yeah. I go to therapy once a week. I'm, <laughs> I'm a freaking mess. I don't think you can make it, super far in sports if you aren't kind of a mess so i think it comes with uh having to work on yourself having to heal having to rebuild um especially when you lose that your previous outlet yeah yeah it's tough all right i don't want to end on that <laughs> no, yeah, yeah you, like, you take it. You guys weren't yeah. joking about the crying thing. Jesus yeah. Christ! No. <laughs> we're, we're out here to win a Tony or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm working on my egot. Uh, um, we usually we usually end the shows on some some silly questions. You know, kind of some lighter questions. So um, feel free to share as much as you, as you want on this and keep it as. I guess PG 13 as as you will, but share <laughs> one of the more funnier stories, I guess you've had with a roommate on the seven series and, and any particular country. If there's one that comes to mind that you think is uh, worthy of a chuckle. Uh, I think the time I almost fought Carlin was pretty funny. We almost got in <laughs> this fight in the hallway. 
it's probably the best one I got that I will share on this. Um, he was just showing up. It was like my, one of my first or second times being captain. I don't think I'd been captain very many times, but my memory is also a little shoddy. And he just showed up late to a meeting, like one too many times, and just set me over the edge. And I just said <laughs> something to him. And he just gets all fiery like he does, pushes me in the chest. And I just grab him by the collar, pin him up against the wall. And then we hear Mike come screaming out of his room, just, aye, 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 stop it. <laughs> and we all like to laugh about that. <laughs> All right, hey, hey, Ben. I mean, I, I'm just tri- I'm picturing you picking him up because you got to be a good <laughs> foot and a half taller than than Carlin. Uh, <laughs> but it's a great image to have in my head. All right, uh, hey, Ben Pickleman, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a great night. Yeah, and good luck with the Falcons. Good luck in the next step in your career. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to try again next Wednesday, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, And please be sure to check us out online on Twitter and Instagram on Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning. uh, And look out for announcements for our next guests. Uh, It's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you and good night.